0: it's so great to see you welcome to our service we're Christchurch Winchester and it's so great to have you with us whether you've been to Christchurch for ages or whether this is the first service you've been with us for you are so welcome even if you're watching on the website or on Facebook you are so welcome we're wondering what's been bringing you joy when things around you might seem a bit hopeless now one thing that's bringing me joy on my daily walks is looking in people's windows and seeing things they've put up or displays they've made Just down the road, two girls have made a display in their window and they've done a jungle scene and they've also done some Paddington Bear scenes in the other window. And as I go on my walk, I love looking up at their windows and seeing what they've created. So they inspired me and I did my own. Come and see. This is my display and I wonder if you can recognise any characters that I've coloured in. So we're doing an under the sea Finding Nemo theme here. So I've got Nemo here, I've got a jellyfish, a crab, this one's called Bruce, I've got Dory and I've got this one's called Squirt and then a puffer fish here. So I wonder if maybe this week you could go away and make a display in your window and that when people are on their daily walks they can look in your window and it will bring them a bit of joy and a bit of hope when everything else might seem slightly difficult. Thanks for looking at my display, I hope you enjoyed it. If this week you make your own display in a window, why don't you send a photo of it to the office account so it goes office at ccwinch.org.uk and we'd love to see what you created. And don't forget, it's Sunday, so I've got my Sunday top on which means our service is on. So it will start at 9.30, which is in about 15 minutes. So in the meantime, you're gonna come on a walk with us on our daily walk, because we love a bit of exercise, don't we? So I'm just gonna meet Beth over here for our daily walk. Off we go. We're on our
1: daily walk at the moment. Um, So make sure you say hi to everyone in the comments, maybe tag someone who you think should be watching and why don't you comment below um, where you've been walking to, um, what you've been seeing on your daily walks
0: and yeah, where we are in our time lapse that's because we're not in Winchester at the moment we're actually in Devon in a village called South Seal which is near O'Campden so yeah welcome to where I live South Seal. The next thing we need you to do is to go and grab two things so the first thing is this jigsaw puzzle you should find this on the email on the website and what you need as well is a pair of scissors so that you can cut up your jigsaw and it will be used later in the service
1: enjoying seeing uh, your comments about where you've been walking on your daily walks, Um, make sure to be sharing our service um, so that we can get as many people um, as possible watching our services with us.
0: Just a reminder to get your scissors and your jigsaw that we're going to use later in the service and for the moment why don't you start cutting that up. So if you're a child, get your mum or your dad or whoever's at home to help you with it and cut up all the different pieces of the jigsaw to use later in the service.
1: again for joining our service this morning our service will be starting at 9:30, and this is just a chance for you to go and grab some breakfast or a tea or a coffee and get settled in um yeah this morning we're going to be thinking about scars and we've asked our congregation um to share their scar stories with us um and yeah we've um got a video to show you in a little while Um, But my scar story, I guess, is um, I got it about almost a year ago. Um, It's a little one just on my stomach here. And basically I've got a bit of my stomach in my nose because um, from a previous brain surgery I had brain juice flooding out of my nose and so they needed to plug that hole with something. So yeah, I've got a bit of stomach at my nose, which is quite exciting. So here is that video now.
2: So I'm one of five children, and um, when I was one year old, my father, who was looking after the four of us, so I was the fourth of, of five, he was looking after us all, and he put us all in the pram together, like one of those big silver cross prams. And I think it's because my mum was pregnant with my younger brother, and uh, he thought he just, do this great fun thing where he rocked the pram up and down. He was wheeling it down the road and sort of rocking it up and down. I was at the front, I was like the lookout at the front of the ship. And and then unfortunately the whole pram tipped up and I fell onto the road. And I fell on my thumb, on my left thumb. I think it must have went gone in a hole in the road. And then all my siblings, my three older sisters, they all landed on top of me. So it was my thumb and then me and then my three sisters. And unfortunately the the, the, the nail of my thumb came off and there was blood everywhere. And I've still got this rather distorted thumb. It turned out when I was a child to be very useful because I could tell my left from my right because I had this strange thumb. But that is my scar.
0: So my
3: scar story involves um, a foot pump and a little bit of carelessness on my part. Um, So some some years ago, Tim and Ann Robbins used to run a um, scripture union camp Um, during the summer holidays which I helped out with as one of the group leaders and um, on this occasion I was preparing to leave for the camp um, and knew that my tyres needed um, looking at so I was checking them and pumping them up. My foot pump was however slightly dodgy um, in that the plate that you put your foot on um, was broken and I knew this and I was usually quite careful um, when I was pumping my my tyres. However, I didn't usually do them wearing sandals. Um, On this occasion I did. So I'd got to the final tyre and I was pumping um, the tyre when my foot slipped and the broken part of the foot pump scraped across the top of my foot, leaving quite a deep cut. Um, Fortunately, my parents lived around the corner, so my mum came and patched me up and cleaned it all up and took the offending foot pump home for my dad to fix. And um, I was able to go on with my journey um, to the Script Union camp. Um, But I still have a scar, and it's about an inch long um, across the top of my foot. And that scar reminds me of that... um, that script union camp. It reminds me of the week that followed and the young people there that I worked with. So that's my scar story.
4: When asked about scars, my first reaction was that I don't have any. Then I thought back to the time when the ship on which I was chief engineer had a major accident. For a year or two afterwards, I carried a mental scar what would now be called post-traumatic stress disorder. I suffered from being unable to sleep from 2am, the time the accident happened. Many people carry scars which are not visible, but nonetheless just as painful. My scar
5: story is probably nowhere near as serious as everybody else's. Mine is just here, it's quite a long scar. And it's when I was making gingerbread with some friends and I was using a large knife to cut some butter. The butter was too cold so it wouldn't go through. And so I used another knife to push the butter through. And obviously, the, the a bit of physics here, the energy to, the, to put the blade of this knife to push the butter that way I went, mm, mm, and then the knife, the big sharp knife, mm, straight into my finger. So that was a very nice time at a friend's house in my second year of uni, with blood gushing out of my finger as we made gingerbread.
6: My scar story is from when I was eight years old and I was living in Pakistan, so it was very hot. And After school one day, I went round to some friend's house uh, and they had a large Doberman pincher and he had been left, very sadly, on the roof of their house for some time in that afternoon. Anyway, I came out of their swimming pool and the dog came up and because we had a dog at home and I liked dogs, I stroked the dog and he bit me on my face, top jaw and bottom jaw. And so I ended up with three stitches in one side and four in the other and was called affectionately Scarface for a little while. That's my story.
0: Thank you so much to those people who sent in those videos about their scars. And if you weren't able to send a video, why don't you write in the comments below your scar story? How did you get your scar? I actually have a scar on my elbow and this is from, I fell over once and there was nothing to wrap it up with. So I had to wrap it up in a sock. And I think that was a bit gross. So now I've got a scar, but I'm very proud of it. So we hope you're proud of your scars too. Our service will start at 9.30. So in the meantime, why don't you go and get that coffee or that tea and keep writing where your favorite place has been that you've walked during lockdown. This is one of our favourite places
1: to walk. We thought we would show you some of the um, lambs that have been born recently.
0: That was quite a loud
1: bar. (laughs) It's really lovely to um, see new life in these difficult circumstances. And I wonder, what are you missing during um, this time of lockdown? I know for me, I am missing reading in coffee. But um, I still love reading in the garden. Um, so I would like to know if you have any reading recommendations. Share them with the other people that are watching, and I'd love to know what I should be reading next.
0: Thank you all for sharing your reading recommendations with us it's so important that in this time that we have things to read and keep us occupied i've been reading a book by rich wilson who's a man who works for fusion and it's about our calling so it's called no ordinary calling your purpose matters so if you want a recommendation i've been loving that give that a read our service will be starting in just a few minutes at 930 so do keep welcoming each other in the comments down below and keep sharing with us where is your favourite place that you've walked. Have you been to St Cat's? Have you been to St Giles? Have you walked around Winchester or somewhere else? Do let us know in the comments down below.
1: So a huge welcome to those who have joined us, Um, our service will be starting very, very soon. Uh, This is your final reminder to get your jigsaw um, ready for the service and also some scissors because you'll need to cut it out. And yeah, we're on our way back to the house now and so we'll meet you there.
0: so much for coming on our daily walk with us we hope you've enjoyed seeing where we walk we're back at home now so we're gonna go in and watch this service so we hope you enjoy it and we hope that it brings you closer to God in this difficult time we've just got in from our daily walk this
1: morning and there's just enough time for me to make a cup of tea um, to get ready for the service so I'm going to do that now
0: And I hate tea and I hate coffee. So if you're like me, or if you're a child, why don't we get some squash or some water? Yes. So my favorite squash is peach squash. So here we go. Perfect quantities. Whoops. Now we've got our drinks ready, we are all set to watch our service. See you soon! Bye! <laughs> Perfect!
7: Hello and welcome to Christchurch at Home, Christchurch Winchester's online service. It's great that you've been able to join us today. Thank you so much for being with us. Whether you're a regular member at Christchurch, whether you're just looking on from a distance, it's great that you are here. Jesus said, wherever two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Did he have COVID-19 in mind when he said those words? We don't know. But what a remarkable promise for us at this time whether you are in a group at home, whether you're on your own, whether you're a key worker watching this as you travel to or from work, Jesus promises that he is with us. Today, we are looking at a story of uh, one of the appearances of Jesus after his resurrection. Jesus shows himself to his disciples and he shows them, his scars that he received at the crucifixion. But what do those scars mean for us today? We're gonna be finding that out later. If you haven't already printed out the jigsaw that's on the church website that Simon's going to be talking about, it would be great if you could grab it now. Let's pray as we begin our service. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for that promise that you are with us today as we meet together. We pray that we would know your presence, whatever our circumstances, whether our week's been a good week or a difficult week. We pray that we would know your mercy, your compassion, your love and the hope that we have because of your resurrection and your presence with us today. Be with us now, I pray. Amen. We're going to sing together now. You might want to stand if you're able to do that, but nobody's watching, so you can stay sitting down if you prefer. We're going to sing together. Oh, praise the name.
8: smile
9: and kept them for all to see in glory. Thank you for knowing our weaknesses and bringing beauty out of pain and evil. Lord Jesus, you offer us peace. Forgive us for preferring conflict and confusion. Lord Jesus, you really wanted your friends to know for sure that you had risen from the dead. Forgive us for treating this so lightly. Lord Jesus, you send us out as your witnesses to all nations. Forgive us for staying quietly at home. Risen Lord Jesus, Lord of Glory, forgive our sins and clothe us with power from on high. Amen.
10: Hello, I'm Louise Stone and I've been coming to Christ Church, uh, since moving to Winchester about five years ago. And I've been asked to talk about the work I'm involved in, in these townships and informal settlements of Mannenberg and Guguletu in Cape Town and how it's been affected by COVID-19. I uh, work for a Christian charity called New Day United that I set up with a friend and we deliver health and education programmes. And we reach out to people of all ages and faiths, from primary school children up to granny and grandpas. And COVID-19's had a massive impact on our work. We've had to pause all of our programs as South Africa went into lockdown, um, and our soup kitchen was giving some some of our people their only meal of the day. So. It it was a very difficult time, Um, the first week of lockdown, um, as we tried to work out if there was anything we could do. But we are now in our third week of delivering food parcels to our team and beneficiaries in those communities. Our initial reticence um, about doing that was because of ongoing gang violence in uh, these areas, and we didn't know if we could keep our team safe as they delivered food parcels Um, where there's lots of people around who are desperate for food. Um, And the situation pre-COVID had got so bad that recently we had to close all of our programmes for a day so that every member of our team and beneficiaries could attend funerals following a spate of gang shootouts. But the amazing thing that happened later on in that first week of lockdown was that the gangsters who've controlled these areas for generations called a truce um, and some of them are even helping uh, deliver food parcels for other aid agencies as I speak. So we've been praying for these communities forever and but we hadn't seen that coming so God is good. Um, uh, but each parcel that we delivers, deliver contains uh, enough food for at least a family of four, some up-to-date COVID-19 guidance, some discipleship materials, and a fun activity pack for the kids. Um, and a, big, a gig of data, um, so that we can stay connected with them during this time and not, not lose touch. The parcels cost about 10 pounds and the data cost about four pounds. And we um, are delivering to about 60 families each week at the moment. Um, so that's about 240 minimum people. Um, and to pay for this, we've just launched a social media challenge to raise funds to keep feeding those people and also hopefully some more in the wider community. So we are challenging people to hashtag get in the loop and to be united with us for a new day uh, by skipping for one minute, tagging five people and donating ten pounds. So, please check out our New Day United Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages and join in our fun. I've done the challenge myself this week, so please do check out my Instagram and Facebook if you want a really good laugh. In the meantime, here are the Simpsons with our reading from Luke 24.
9: The band of brothers are in lockdown. Even popping out for some exercise or to buy some essential food risks arrest. They are in mental anguish. Their leader was arrested on Thursday, beaten and cruelly killed on Friday. And yet, and yet, some of the women had been to the tomb which stood empty. The stone rolled away. Peter didn't believe them and saw the empty tomb for himself. And now some brothers had run all the way back from Emmaus to tell them that they had seen the Lord. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them,
4: Peace be with you.
9: They were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost he said to them
4: why are you troubled why do you have doubts in your mind look at my hands and my feet it is i touch me and see a ghost does not have bones or a flesh as you see i have
9: when he had said this he showed them his hands and feet they still did not believe it but were overcome with joy and amazement
4: do you have anything here to eat
9: They gave him a piece of broiled fish And he took it and ate it in their presence. This is
4: what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be filled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and of the Psalms.
9: Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them.
4: This is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins we preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed from power on high
9: this is the word of the lord
11: so we did send out earlier in the week a piece of paper that looked a bit like this although i've cut mine up and i've kept one piece missing now it doesn't matter if you've got at your piece of paper or not if you do have you can join in and if you don't you can just watch uh, but if you do have one then the best thing to do is to cut it into pieces like i've done here so it looks a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle and this is what i'm calling the resurrection jigsaw how to make sense of what happened the first easter we're going to have a tiny look at each of the pieces uh, here's the first one These are all things that we know about the first Easter. Uh, The tomb was empty, the tomb of Jesus. No one ever produced a body and said, aha, here it is. Uh, The tomb uh, was definitely empty. Lots of people saw it empty. Uh, The next thing is that the early church had baptism and Holy Communion as their main services. Now, both of those things were about the resurrection. They only made sense because Jesus rose from the dead. Here's the next thing. Jesus was definitely buried. Uh, People saw where. And so therefore uh, they couldn't have got the wrong tomb because lots of people saw where he'd been buried. The next one is that the early church worshipped the risen Jesus. That didn't come later on. The very first thing that the disciples and the early church are known for is that they worshipped uh, the risen Jesus. We also know from another historian at the time, a Jewish historian called Josephus, uh, and he wrote about uh, Jesus rising from the dead. We know too that Jesus was definitely dead. He was stabbed with a spear and he was killed by Roman soldiers who had killed lots of people and definitely knew how to kill someone on a cross. In the New Testament, we have lots of evidence from multiple sources about Jesus rising from the dead. And we know that many people saw Jesus alive at one time, 500 people at the same go. And last but not least, we know that the early church changed the day that they worshiped from Saturday, which was the old Jewish day to worship, to Sunday. And the reason that they changed Saturday to Sunday was because of Jesus rising from the dead. And it had changed their world so much they decided that they had to change the day of the week they worshipped. Uh, so here's the resurrection puzzle. Maybe you'd like to lay yours out as I've laid mine out. And you will see that there's a hole in the middle. And the hole in the middle, for me, invites the question, well, what can we say... To unite all of these things together, if all of these are bits of evidence, what is the thing that explains them all and there are a couple of different uh, possibilities. The first one is we could say that the disciples made it up. Uh, maybe they uh, wanted uh, to be a bit of a mischief, or maybe they wanted to carry on what Jesus had done, uh, but even even knowing that he was dead. but as you can see, that doesn 't really uh, fit. And uh, it doesn't seem very likely, uh, does it, that they would, that making things up, which would be a lie, would be enough uh, to make the early church worship the risen Jesus, have baptism and communion, uh, that they change their worship from Saturday to Sunday. doesn't really uh, make sense to me, nor does it take into account that many people saw Jesus alive. So I think we can get rid of that one. Here's the next one. Uh, we might say, let's just tighten this up a little bit. We might say, well, maybe Jesus did not die. But that doesn't seem to fit either. Uh, We know that he definitely was killed. He was stabbed uh, with a spear and a mixture of what looked like blood and water uh, came out. We know that he was buried. He was buried in a tomb covered in lots of spices and wrapped up Uh, with lots of bandages. There's just no way that he could have survived. So I don't think that one is very helpful either. Uh, You might say, well, the disciples didn't make it up, but maybe the disciples imagined it because they were so sad. They really, really, really wanted it uh, to be true. But what we do know is that that is not the case. The disciples were terrified. They'd forgotten all the things that Jesus said, and uh, they ran away. And uh, it often talks about them seeing Jesus, not just like a ghost or a, a, a vision, but they ate with him and they saw the scars in his hands. So they, they didn't imagine it, they saw him and they had food with him. So if none of those explanations are good enough, you might just want to tidy uh, your re- resurrection jigsaw up like mine, then it seems to me there is only one explanation that is actually going to fit. And that explanation is that Jesus did really rise from the dead. So if you haven't had time to cut up your resurrection puzzle, you can do so later on or maybe during the adult talk and you can see if you can fit those pieces together and you might want to write in the middle what you think happened. But I think that Jesus really did rise from the dead. Hi, my name's Ray. I've got three scars. One on my face, which you may be able to see, one on my tummy, and scars on both hands. And that's the ones I want to tell you about. While I was working as a firefighter, we got a call to a house where the mother said that her son was inside. We went in to rescue him. Unfortunately, there was an explosion, and me and my colleague got burnt. The only thing that was exposed in those days were our hands because we never wore gloves. And so our hands were burnt and I've got the scars to this day. The good news is that the little boy wasn't in
7: there. He was safe.
12: I'm David. About
5: 12 years ago my heart wasn't working well at all. It needed extra blood supplies so the surgeons had to open up my chest to put those extra supplies in. So I've got a scar from just here, all the way down to here. But sorry, ladies, that's not the scar you're going to see. I'm going to show you where they took the blood vessel from, and that's from my arm. And so I have a scar going all the way from there, all the way up to here. Now, we're all fearfully and wonderfully made with two main veins in our arm. So the surgeons took one for my heart, so the heart's working very well, uh, at least that bit is, so that's my scar.
7: So here are a couple of my scars, there's one that goes like that and another one that goes there and mostly they're hidden by my hair and uh, they come from a time when i was 25 and i fell 150 feet off the off a cliff and uh, amazingly god saved me but those are a couple of my scars if you want to see a little tiny one i've got a tiny one on my finger just there that's when i was about nine i got my first pen knife and managed on the first day to cut my finger down to the bone and those are my scars
4: Hi, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Adam and I'm here to tell you about a scar that I've got that starts here, runs over the top of my head and finishes just here. I got the scar seven years ago from a football injury. The injury caused a bleed on my brain which filled my skull cavity to one sixth capacity. Um, that was on the Friday night. On the Saturday morning I was rushed to hospital and on the Saturday afternoon I was operated on. I came out of surgery and woke up Saturday evening where I was talking and wanting to eat. Um, On the Sunday afternoon, I was up and walking up and downstairs, and then I was discharged on the Wednesday. Two and a half weeks later, I was back at uni part-time and seven years later, I have fully recovered with no side effects or complications and I have the best testimony and way to talk about Jesus.
12: I've got a scar, uh, which you might not have noticed even though it's right in the middle of my face. Twenty-six years ago I was a Lieutenant in the Army, I'd just got married to Helen and was about to fly to Northern Ireland to go to the notorious Mays Prison. We were on our last day of training when a thunder flash, like a big firecracker, exploded near me and a piece of it flew up and hit me in the eye. It had swollen shut, there was a single tear of blood and it really hurt. Two of my soldiers drove me to hospital. We got halfway there and the Land Rover broke down but luckily God was with us. The next car stopped and a kind man drove us to hospital. We continued to work because when we got there, the Army's top eye specialist and one of the leading surgeons in the country was on duty that day. I had split my eyeball right open and it looked certain that I would lose it. But Colonel Mike worked hard and saved it. After two more operations at Moorfields Eye Hospital, I started to get some sight back although I still have a scar on my iris. I even managed to fly out to Northern Ireland to join my soldiers and stayed in the army for another 17 years.
11: Luke, in writing his gospel, is at pains to tell us that Jesus really rose from the dead. Jesus is not a resuscitated corpse, nor is he a benevolent ghoul. He is alive. He shows his hands and his side and the scars that he still bears. He asks to eat a a piece of broiled fish. Jesus goes on to underline that his rising from the dead was always part of God's purpose and plan, and he uses the Old Testament scriptures, just as he had done on the way to Emmaus, to underline this point. If you'd like to look in more detail at that, then Dave Fenton has produced a list of Old Testament prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, and you can find that on the resources section of our website. But I can't help thinking, couldn't God have done a better job if Jesus is the prototype for a heavenly upgrade of these fragile human bodies? Why wasn't he perfect? Why the scars? Why weren't they rubbed clean as a sign that death and hurt and imperfection are all in the past? Well, apparently not. Both Luke and John are adamant. His friends knew Jesus because of his scars. And the New Testament is not finished. The book of Revelation at the end of the Bible tells us that Jesus still bears his scars in the glory of heaven. That at the center of cosmic reality There stands Jesus still with his scars, and we will spend the rest of eternity celebrating them, not in embarrassment and guilt, but in love and in wonder. And as we will sing at the end of our service today, we will sing of his rich wounds, yet visible above in beauty glorified. So being a Christian means we have to rethink how we see scars, And here's why. So, why did Jesus bear his scars? Because they tell a story just like mine and just like yours. They tell us that he knows our pain. Jesus will never forget it. He's not isolated. He's not lofty or unreachable. He knows my pain. We read in Hebrews 2. For this reason he had to be made like them fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. As Edmund Shilito, a poet, writing after the unimaginable horrors of the First World War, this is what he wrote about Jesus and his wounds. The heavens frighten us. They are too calm. In all the universe we have no place Our wounds are hurting us, where is thy balm? Lord Jesus, by thy scars we claim thy grace. Isn't that a powerful picture of Jesus? Not unfeeling, not unmoved by all that we are grappling with, all that we fear, all that we dread but rather a Jesus who, because of the scars that he bears, reminds us every day that he knows our pain. He is familiar with it. It is not unknown to him. So I think that's the first reason why Jesus bears those scars as a perennial reminder to each one of us that he knows our pain, he is not indifferent, he is not cold, he is not unmoved. And so many, other, the, so many of the other things that we turn to at times like this appear cold and unloving and lacking compassion. And yet here is Christ holding out those hands, uh, reminding uh, his friends uh, that they know him because of his scars. The second reason why I think Jesus bears his scars is a reminder that he loves us. It would be kind of cool as a dad to have a scar to show around the campfire, to sort of turn up your forearm and you say, I got this one the day I saved the kids from a crocodile on the Zambezi. It is unlikely i agree Uh, to be clear i would gladly tackle a crocodile for anybody in my family it's just i think the crocodile would win these scars of jesus uh, are a reminder of his costly and sacrificial and life-saving love for me so that when i contemplate those scars when i meditate on the fact that he still bears them uh, they are even stronger a reminder to me of his love uh, than uh, a reminder that i would have uh, say if my father had saved me uh, from a serious accident and had a massive great gash uh, across his forehead in fact there was one time i confess i don't know if he still has the scar when we were playing at rounders and he was standing very close to me and i did hit the ball very hard and it hit him like goliath bang right in the middle of his forehead. And it was the first and only time I've seen him go down like a sack of spuds and it was a truly awful moment. Dad, I don't know if you've still got the scar, uh, but is it too late uh, to say I'm sorry? So that's the second thing, uh, that these scars of Jesus are a constant uh, reminder. They're not an irritant, but they're a reminder uh, that uh, his love is strong stronger than death. And that leads to our third one which is that Jesus has beaten death. Jesus has been to hell and back for us and death is undone. These scars will forever proclaim that truth and we need to hear and heed that today as much as any day. Romans eight thirty-seven to 39 are amazing words of hope that I would gladly and tearfully bellow at any of our funerals. Paul says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, he says, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wounds of Jesus tell us of the suffering that Jesus willingly undertook in our place. The scars of Jesus tell us that these wounds were not in vain, that love outclassed fear, and that beauty can grow out of pain and shame.
8: In helpless babe, entered our world. Your glory availed. not to be served but to serve, and give your life that we might live. Love, 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 to say.
6: Father, our Provider, our Maker and our Protector, we come before you at the beginning of this week to thank you for your love and guidance this past week, for the safety and protection given to us, for keeping us in your tender loving care, for the glorious weather giving us the opportunity to appreciate your creation, especially at a time when we face unprecedented restrictions on our movement we ask you lord to be with each of us and our loved ones as we face the week ahead in the sure knowledge that you walk beside us we now pray for our community our church for simon and his team for all our members especially for those who are lonely sick or bereaved, our hospital, all staff serving our community at this most difficult time. The chaplaincy, as they comfort and minister to the sick and dying. Our university, for the students who are unable to return to their homes, for all staff supporting them. For our prison, for staff, inmates and chaplaincy, as they minister to their needs. All care homes and institutions serving our community. We bring all these groups before you, Lord. We now pray for our Queen and our country. We pray for our beloved Queen who was 94 this past week. We remember all our leaders Be close, Lord, to all our leaders and give them wisdom and discernment as they rule this nation at this most challenging time. We pray that the decisions they make be wise and Lord, that our nation would turn to you for wisdom and strength. We pray for ourselves. Father in heaven, King of glory, We adore your name and glorify your power. Make each of us, Lord, your humble servants, instruments of thy peace. May we feel your guiding hand on our lives. All we do, we place our trust in you at these most uncertain times. We ask all this in Jesus' name.
5: Amen. Amen. Before we sing our final song, we just wanted to update you as to what we're doing as Christchurch in this season. I've been reading Jeremiah at the moment and I've been really struck by Jeremiah 29. And I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking I'm going for 29.11. But no, I really um, was struck when I was reading it about how God talks to those who've been taken off into exile, taken into a new situation, to a new land. Very like our situation with the structure and rhythm of life completely gone. And they're so tempted to um, live day by day, to, to just kind of see what each day brings and, and live temporarily and transiently in, in the hope that God will take them out swiftly. But God says the opposite. He says build houses, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Have sons and daughters, marry those sons and daughters He says, settle into this new rhythm and new life. And then he goes on to say, and one day I will bring you back into the promised land. Now, we know that one day we'll be able to gather together. And oh, my goodness, am I looking forward to that. But we also know that this is the season we're in and we need to settle into it and we need to um, grow closer to God in this situation so we've got a whole schedule of stuff that we want to tell you about and so sit back because i'm going to go through everything we're going to be doing week by week just to let you know just in case you might have missed it so We start our days with morning prayer, 9am, there's a Zoom link on the website if you go to live and click Morning Prayer. There's a Zoom link every morning from Monday to Thursday at 9am where we pray together. It's a beautiful time, do join us. Our new curate Craig would love to meet some of you and he started a new um, thing called Coffee with Craig where he has a Zoom call with um, somebody just to get to know them and get to know some more people um, in this time where he would actually just be meeting you all on Sunday but he can't at the moment. So do join him there by signing up on the website website at ccwinish.org.uk slash next steps. I don't know why I just did that. I could just put it down there, couldn't I, but I'm just, yeah. Um, We also love to provide ministry for every age and stage. At Christchurch, so for our kids, we have our story time at 10am on Tuesday on Facebook Live, kind of for toddler age children. We have a webpage, um, ccwinish.org.uk slash children's resources, that has all of our resources for our kids groups on Sunday morning, as well as some family prayer activities. And talking about our kids groups on Sunday mornings, next week we're having some Zoom calls for those kids so parents, hopefully you'll get an email this week about what we're doing next Sunday so we can see your lovely kids and have some games and just, yeah, catch up. As well for our kids we have Messy Church on Tuesday, last Tuesday of the month we always have Messy Church, obviously it's now at home, but... At 4pm on Tuesday, we'll have our Facebook live stream for Messy Church with Claire. The craft resources are already on the resource page, so you can already go and get making your celery fish or your little CD campfires. They're very exciting. For our youth, for Pathfinders, we have um, a Zoom call. At 6pm on Thursdays, download which is year um, 10 to 13, Pathfinders is year 7 to 9. Um, also has a Zoom call on Thursday at 8 as well as an Instagram Live at 8. You can follow their respective Instagram pages at Pathfinderccw and at DownloadCCW. For students, we have Life on a Tuesday Night for students and young adults. Do um, join our Facebook group, CC Winch Students and Young Adults, um, so that you can get the Zoom link for that at 7pm on a Tuesday night. We also have a Bible study on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Again, a Zoom link on the Facebook page. And if you ever want to connect with one of the student team, just um, message the Instagram at ccwinchstudents. We would also love um, to connect people in small groups. If you're not already in a small group, do um, email Sue or contact the page. And we would love to sign you up and connect you up with some people because we'd love you to feel part of our community and have community around you in this time, even if they are meeting online and obviously next week we're meeting again at Christchurch at home and um, but there's a small change to the schedule we are moving our service to 10 a.m. so we're starting at 9.45 for a 10 a.m. start and um, so that we can um, be a little bit later so any families who struggle to get their teenagers out of bed have a bit more time also the staff would just quite like that extra half an hour in bed um, and also it means you you have got more of a chance of inviting your friends if you say you've got even got an extra half hour in bed so 10 o'clock next week Christchurch at home make sure you tune in next week we're starting a new series on giving and generosity all about uh, how that is such an essential part of our life as Christians so do join um, to find out more about that Thank you for bearing with me through all of those notices. I hope I've remembered everything and um, we're going to sing now crown him with many crowns so do stand if you're able and sing along. <laughs>
13: Greetings to all my fellow sages locked away in their homes. This morning, we've, we've come to the end of Luke's account of Jesus' earthly life. Jesus has returned to the glory of heaven from whence he came, but he's given his disciples something very special, his peace, the peace that passes understanding, that wonderful shalom that tells us we are secure, we are loved, we have a hope and a future. He is with us. Whatever is happening in our world, we need not fear. Shortly, the disciples will have both his peace and the wonderful gift of his Holy Spirit. We have both his peace and his spirit. Why don't we thank him? Let's pray together as we close our service. Father, thank you that you love us. You died for us. You rose again and you live in us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are with us every minute of every day. Make us so aware of your peace, that is, that we are yours and we rest in you. And so may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you and all those that you love this day and for evermore. Amen. Well, now it's time to grab tea or coffee or as we say at church sometimes a soft drink and be ready for Simon's Q&A in just a few minutes. God bless.